It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last just... Well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kvist, a licensed nutritionist, and this show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. You know, every time you flip on the TV or pick up a newspaper, you are made aware of the obesity and diabetes epidemic occurring in the U.S. today. So one in three adults are considered clinically obese. 24 million Americans have type 2 diabetes and another 79 million people are pre-diabetic. Think of that. Hmm. Over 100, 100 million people are walking around with high blood sugars. That's a lot of people. I have to ask, does anyone really care that we have a million sick people walking around? That's amazing. I keep wondering, why is someone not putting a stop to this health crisis? You know, have we just become complacent about getting diabetes? Are we just accepting that it's going to happen? We know that there's a simple solution to type 2 diabetes. Real simple. Stop eating sugar and processed carbs. So if you're pre-diabetic or diabetic, or maybe your spouse fits that profile, I'd love to have you call us today and tell us what you've changed with your eating habits or why you haven't taken the bull by the horns and knocked down your blood sugar numbers. So this is your time to call and let us know what you've been doing. So our number is 651-641-1071. And joining me today is Brenna Thompson. Brenna is a licensed and registered dietitian, and she has extensive experience working with people who have had type 2 diabetes while working in Georgia. You know, Brenna, you learned all about sweet tea and high blood sugars, didn't you? Oh, I sure did. I got an education (laughs) very quickly. Yes, and so I know not only about sweet tea, but I know about biscuits and gravy and cornbread. And if you can fry it... I've seen it or heard of it. <laughs> but yes, people in Georgia, well, and not just Georgia, but, you know, south of the Mason-Dixon, they mm-hmm. love their sweet tea and the fried chicken. And Georgia is a state with one of the highest numbers of type 2 diabetes. So I am always so curious why some people change their eating habits when they experience health problems, such as diabetes. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Yeah. Some people, people don't. don't. No. That's an interesting question, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yes, it is. So some people with diabetes just continue to eat breakfast cereal, and they eat bread and pasta, and they drink pop or sweet tea. And I don't know, Dar, have you ever made sweet tea? Oh, no. No? Okay. <laughs> well, you need a minimum of two cups of sugar for every gallon of tea. That really? You make. No yes, kidding. That's the minimum. So when you crack open, you know, maybe it's not sweet tea, but up here in the north, we might open a can of Mountain Dew or a Coke or a root beer. And if you look carefully as you're drinking it or pouring it into a glass, you might see a stream of sugar coming out of that little opening. And it would be about 17 teaspoons of sugar to be That's a great visual to think about. Isn't it? As you pour pop, you can visualize that sugar coming out of that little mm-hmm. little place for 
you know. So do we already have a caller? We do already have a caller. Right. Yes, I we do. We got someone that is changed their habits or needing to change their habits, maybe. Yes, this is, uh, is this Miss Chansey? Good morning. Yeah. Good morning. Oh, mister? I'm still here. You're still here. Hi, you're on Dishing Up Nutrition. Do you have a story for us? Yeah, I guess, you know, I come from a household where, in a family line where, you know, diabetes, high blood pressure, you know, African-American background, you know, is very prevalent. It's a major problem. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it is. I'm a former athlete, used to be in great shape and, you know, could run forever and never thought about getting big and having problems. And now, you know, I've been married for five years, my wife and I. She's a huge fan of you guys, by the way. And now I'm, a, I guess, an adopted huge fan now. <laughs> And uh, so now we have a situation where we're getting bigger. We've got two kids. And, um, we want to, you know, our desire is to be healthy, you know, and we want to do things that will help us be healthy. But with our lifestyle of us being so busy, you know, being actively involved in our church, both of us working full time, long hours, and having kids, and we more often find ourselves at the fast food lane, even though we buy food. Mm-hmm. Healthy food, healthy replacements. We buy all this stuff, spend the money to get it, but we rarely get the opportunity, or I guess we really take advantage of the opportunity to use it. So I'll just kind of check in, you know, the nutritionist on the line. It might be a good opportunity to get some tips, some pointers, because I know I'm probably pre-diabetic. I went to my uh, physical not so long ago, and my doctor kind of told me to keep an eye out if you start getting a lot of, like, dry mouth or, like, cotton mouth and water really doesn't fix it, that might be a sign that you have some warning warning signs going on for pre-diabetic situations. I've been getting that lately, so I'm, like, getting a little nervous. Oh, so I, yeah. I, I kind of like, so how do you manage to change your life around so that you don't go down that path of diabetes? And I think, you know, if any of, you know, I also have a lot of, those kinds of genetics in my background. And I know that several years ago, I made a decision that that was not going to be part of my uh, health history as I went forward. So you have to make, somehow you have to make a commitment. But part of it is learning exactly what you can eat and what you can't eat. And I think a lot of people think that they can't eat healthy fat. So... They take that out, and then their blood sugars even go higher because they're putting in more carbohydrates. So it's really looking at those carbohydrates and pulling out those or limiting them, changing to vegetables, to be honest with you. You know, you gotta you got to get rid of the breads and the pastas and the pizzas and those things and change that into, like, you know, steak and vegetables and butter and then you are able to manage your blood sugars that way but it takes a lot of education i think that's where we're missing in our society today because people don't have that knowledge and they don't have the support to do it and i you know i i agree it kind of goes back to cooking um and not picking up quick food or fast food because that all has uh, more sugar, more carbohydrates in it, and that's all. That's what I would see. Brenda, do you kind of see the same thing? Yes, and I think a lot of the education that people have been given on diabetes is incorrect information, mm-hmm. or it um, 
it doesn't really help. They find that they take the information and their blood sugars get worse. But uh, you make a good point that your family is very busy and you might find yourself going through the drive through more frequently. But something just as simple as going to the grocery store and getting a rotisserie chicken and maybe some frozen vegetables or a big bag of salad mix and putting some butter on the veggies and a little um, full-fat dressing on the salad, and you would have a really good meal that would be just as fast, if not faster, than going through the drive-thru. And, you know, it's so interesting because you mentioned about that you're very active in your church, and I think that that's where some of this has to start because I actually had a client that said to me yesterday, you know, I'm, I'm not going to my church events now because if I go there, all they're going to serve is um, bad food for me, and I can't eat that, and so I'm just not going any any longer. Uh, you know, so it's like you sometimes you have to make that choice, or you get your church to change the, mm-hmm. the types of food that's coming in and the things that they have offer after services. You know, there's no reason that they can't offer some fruits. Or some deviled eggs. Yeah, rather than the cookies and the juice and all that stuff. So, um, I gotta, you know, we, we, we really have to get to be proactive with all this. I definitely agree with that. Uh, to a certain degree, you know, at the same time, you know, we're most, you know, all of us are adults and, you know, life is choice-driven. You make decisions every day that will have a positive or negative, you know, outcome in your life. So you can't necessarily cop out and blame it on the church. You know, they didn't, they didn't force it in your mouth. No, you can't blame it on the church, but we do know that that's a good place to pick so pick up some cakes and cookies. I know well, mine is. I, I would never disagree with that. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Well, thank you for calling in today. Yes, and thank you. And um, education, 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 I think, is the, the, key, to, yes, the key to this. Sure so. is. Yep. But we're already at our first break. Oh, my gosh. I know. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. We are excited to make a very important announcement, and this is one that everybody's been waiting for. We now have our very first online class called Going Gluten-Free the Healthy Way. You will see two of our expert teachers, Mary Haugi, nutrition educator, who has been gluten-free for the past eight years and no longer has IBS or stomach pains, and Cassie Weenus, registered dietitian, who has her whole family eating a gluten-free, healthy plan. So learn their tricks to staying gluten-free the healthy way. But if you've got more questions about diabetes, give us a call at 651-641-1071. Allow me to blow your mind. Ready? Fat doesn't make you fat. (laughs) You okay? Still listening? All right, I got another one. Sugar substitutes actually cause you to gain weight. Whoa, is it opposite day? Nope, just dropping a little science on you. The kind you'll learn at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. The kind that will teach you how to eat real food that gets you to your real weight and makes you feel real good for good. Because the point system doesn't add up. The starvation diet is mean. And you can count on calorie counting to let you down every single time. Learn to eat the way people did when obesity was an exception, not an epidemic. And learn how much delicious, real, vital food you can eat. That's the part that will really blow your mind and eventually your butt right off your backside. To sign up for Nutrition for Weight Loss, call Nutritional Weight and Wellness at 651-699-3438 or visit weightandwellness.com. 
Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, as Brenna said before, we went on break. We're excited to finally offer an online class. So if you're not in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, you can still benefit from our class, Going Gluten-Free the Healthy Way. Just go to our website, weightandwellness.com, and click on Online Class. It's about an hour and 30-minute class. It's full of suggestions, recipes, and how to heal your intestinal tract. You know, after you watch it, we welcome your feedback. So just email us at email at weightandwellness.com and tell us what you thought about it. And I think we were been talking about diabetes, and I believe most people realize that when they start their day with a bowl of cereal, toast, and juice, that they're consuming, and maybe they don't really know this. I don't think they know this. Oh, okay. They're no. consuming about 32 teaspoons of sugar. You know, if they stopped long enough and counted out 32 teaspoons of sugar and put it in a bowl, I think they'd make a better choice, don't you? That's always a great visual. And a couple weeks ago, I researched an article about how sugar and processed carbs damage your eyes. And it's clear that both cataracts and macular degeneration are both related to high blood sugars. And I bet most people don't realize that one. They don't know that. Nope. They think it's just hereditary. But, (laughs) you know, it it does happen. And we do know that people with diabetes have a much higher frequency of eye problems and poor eye health. So you would think losing your eyesight might convince most people to change their eating habits. You would think. You would think. But it doesn't. You know, I would think they would give up their pie. They'd give up their brownies. They'd give up their Campbell tomato soups, their baked beans, their pasta, But sad to say, most people can't or won't change their eating habits. And somehow they seem to think that they are deficient in a prescription drug. So they say yes for a diabetic drug, and that is their magical answer. But we know it isn't. No. So we have several callers on the line. We sure do. We should go Mm -hmm. ahead and take a couple. Good morning, Gloria. You're on Dishing Up Nutrition. Um, hi. Yeah, first let me say thank you. You've I know you've helped so many people like myself that have been dieting up and down all our lives, and I started listening to you about four years ago, and I have just maintained since then because of using um, your tactics anyway. Good. Thank Wonderful. you. Wonderful. Yes. Yes. So it's, it's, I mean, and this has been going on since seventh grade, so that's great. But um, to this um, particular topic, I have diabetes, as does many people in my family, some of who were always thin but still got it. So it's in my family. But uh, so I've been using, you know, trying to, I can control as much as I can with eating. But the part that I don't know how to control is when you wake up in the morning and your numbers are high and there's really nothing you could have done all night. Um, I've tried eating late in the night and I've tried even like eating when I woke up at two to because I think the liver kicks in at night when it thinks, you know, you're not yes. getting any uh, sugar that you need or glucose that you need. So I'm wondering, what is there anything else one can do to bring down your morning numbers after you've fasted all night? Well, uh, one of my clients does this. She eats basically a whole avocado before she goes to bed. And when she does that, then her blood sugar, and she doesn't eat any carbohydrate with that. She just okay. eats a whole avocado, and when she gets up in the morning, her blood sugars are normal. Oh, but wow. if she doesn't do that, her blood sugars are not normal. 
So the, and it makes sense bio, the biochemical reaction because when you eat fat, it stabilizes and keeps your blood sugar down, and it but it also doesn't let it drop so too low, so it keeps it in more of a normal range. So that would be one thing to try. And it seems like the avocado works the best mm-hmm. because there's no carbohydrate in it. Yeah. And it works better than nuts. Yes. So I'll... give it a try. Thank you so much. Okay. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Should we take another caller, Brown? Yes. Okay. Good morning, Anne. You have a question for us? Yes. Um, I was pre-diabetic, and I did go see someone at Nutritional Weight and Wellness a few years ago. Mm-hmm. and. I am on the diet. I'm doing well. I've never felt so good. Good. But I miss rice and noodles. Yeah, so? Yep. (laughs) It happens. (laughs) You know what? And you know that that's going to make your blood sugar go up. Right. So, well, I just thought maybe I could substitute quinoa. Will that work? It's a little bit better but than rice, but it still could bring your blood sugars up. Mm-hmm. You know, I would suggest if, you, if you're looking for, like, pasta, do spaghetti squash because okay. spaghetti squash is really, really low. And you might mm-hmm. slide in just a few uh, noodles in that, just a few, mm-hmm. you know, less, less than a half a cup per serving. Yeah. And that way you feel like you're getting the pasta taste, but you're really getting... Spaghetti squash, mm-hmm. which is very low in carbohydrate. Okay. And then there was one other thing. Um, what about pea flour? Can we use that? That is a new one. I have not heard of pea flour. I would use uh, almond flour or coconut flour because oh, then they're yeah. going to be lower and much lower in carbohydrate. Mm-hmm. And they okay. work fine. Yep. In fact, Brenna brought me a muffin this morning made I, with what? With almond flour. I, I've cooked with the coconut flour, and I think it's kind of crumbly, and I don't like it. Um, <laughs> but I really like baking with the almond flour, because then if I'm making a muffin or something, it kind of comes out a little bit fluffier. I think it stays moister. So well, yep. there. Thank you for the information. You're okay. welcome. Thanks for the call this morning. See? She changed her eating. She did. You know, I love it. You know, I know that most of our longtime listeners have changed their eating habits, mm-hmm. and we hear it every week, and you tell me over and over that you feel better, your cholesterol numbers are better, your blood sugars are better, your glucose numbers are better, you have less aches and pains, you have more energy, and you're not complacent about your health, but... But then you look at your neighbors and your coworkers and some of your friends and family, and it seems that these people have gotten complacent about their health or their diabetes, and they've just accepted that they will become diabetic sooner or later. Maybe they say it's genetic. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, you know, as listeners who have made changes in your diet... It can be very frustrating when you try to get a friend or a loved one to get serious about their food choices. You know, I, every time they pour, I hear this all the time for, when Sydney mm-hmm. did that, the nutritionist. Yeah. Said, every time their friend or husband or whoever. wife or whoever, they pour a bowl of cereal or they crack open a soda, you cringe. Ooh. And it's really hard not to nag. It is, but I find that when people <laughs> nag... The other person just tunes them out. (laughs) That's true. So we thought we would continue to discuss some of the other serious sides 
of diabetes, and I want to share a paragraph from the New York Times article that was written several years ago, and it was called The Diabetes and Its Awful Toll Quietly Emerges as a Crisis. So here is the lead paragraph describing the serious side of diabetes. But first, picture yourself in a hospital, and we're going to start on the sixth floor. A 60-year-old woman was having two toes sawed off. One floor up, a middle-aged man recuperates from a kidney transplant. Next door, nerve damage. Eighth floor, a stroke. Two doors down, more toes removed. Next room, a heart damaged. All of these health consequences are the work of a simple illness, diabetes. So how bad is this diabetic epidemic? In a 24-hour period, one day, 4,100 people are diagnosed with diabetes. That's a lot of people. That is a lot of people. 230 amputations in people with diabetes. That means toes or legs get sawed off. Mm-hmm. 120 people enter end-stage kidney disease programs, and 55 people go blind. And that's in one day. That's every day this is going on. On weekends, even on Christmas. Mm-hmm. This is diabetes. Yes. So it's really so much more than cataracts or macular degeneration or hearing loss or wrinkles Mm -hmm. or skin tags. Yep. It's actual organ damage. And Darwin, we were discussing this morning, I mentioned that back when I was in Georgia, I actually had to deny a patient approval for a kidney transplant Mm -hmm. because he refused to manage his blood sugars. Okay. And his blood sugars had taken a toll on his kidneys, and he, and I couldn't say yes to him getting a transplant because he came into my office sucking on a dum-dum. <laughs> and what's that? That's one of those little suckers. It's oh. a sucker. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep, and drinking a Coke. So, yeah. But diabetes, are, diabetics are two times more, two to four times more likely to develop heart disease Or have a stroke. And women with diabetes are at higher risk for complications in pregnancy. And again, I've actually had a mother who refused to take care of her blood sugars and she lost a set of twins. So I think with all that kind of bad news about diabetes, let's take a quick break. Yes, let's do that. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you are in denial about your blood sugar level... Or if your spouse or your mother or dad are in denial, let me suggest our two-hour class called Avoiding the Diabetes Epidemic with Real Food. So learn why the low-fat plan doesn't work and how you can eat eggs for breakfast and steak for dinner for your health. Real food for real blood sugar balance. And our first class is in on March 5th in YZ from 6.30 to 8.30 with Angela. Or we've also got a class in Maple Grove on Wednesday, March 27th with me, Brenna Thompson. So she's going to have lots of stories. I will. Yep. (laughs) And that, again, is from 630 to 830. You can call 651-699-3438 to sign up. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavis, licensed nutritionist, and I'm here with Brenna Thompson, registered and licensed dietitian. And we're talking about the serious sides of diabetes. You know, it's clear that diabetes is a chronic disease and that diabetes is a chronic disease caused by your food choices. So to manage this chronic disease, you need nutrition education and monthly support to help you develop eating habits to manage your blood sugars. 
And you can call us today to set up an appointment. It's 651-699-3438. So should we take a, 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 a caller or two? Yes. So, yep. Okay. Good morning, Stacy. You're on Dishing Up Nutrition. Hi there. Hi. Hi. You know, I'm actually calling. I, I just have a question um, just regarding fat. You know, I've been a lifelong dieter and just now kind of coming around to the idea of adding fats into my diet. Um, my husband's a type 2 diabetic, and I actually have higher blood sugar. Um, and like I say, I, I'm so confused as to just some of the conflicting information on coconut oil mm-hmm. and just um, and how to balance Putting, because fat also has calories, so being able to fit that all into a plan where I'm still maintaining or even trying to lose weight. There you go, Brenna. That's a okay. great question. All right. A fats question. <laughs> fats question. Coconut oil, especially when it's the unrefined coconut oil, is a perfectly healthy fat. And it's a fat that along with avocado, both of those are very good at boosting your metabolism and healing that insulin resistance. They will help you lose weight. And they will actually balance out the blood sugar like for mm-hmm. your husband who has type 2 it will lower his blood sugars because he won't be eating as many carbohydrates. Right, right. Okay. Well, I've been trying to roast a lot of vegetables, and mm-hmm. I've been just drizzling lots of olive oil and coconut oil, but I thought, oh, I, every time, just because, like I say, my whole life I'm just so conscious of that fat, I always kind of cringe a little thinking, oh, my gosh, I, you know, just because I worry so much of, about gaming. So, so oh, you no. know, just... Put it on there. So, Brenna, you know, talk about a little bit this this article, this research that came out, you know, this week. We mentioned oh. it briefly, but I think we could mention it again. I love this article. It was they did a study in Spain, and they had one group of people on a low-fat diet, and this group of people had the highest rate of heart, heart disease. disease. And not just heart disease, but of heart attacks and stroke and death compared to the other group that was eating more of the Mediterranean diet and actually the group that ate the most nuts and the most olive oil had the fewest heart attacks and the fewest strokes. So eat your fat. In fact, it was so, they they stopped the study because they didn't want any more people on that low-fat diet Mm -hmm. and having more strokes and heart attacks. And a lot of the people on the low-fat diet weren't even compliant with it. They couldn't stay with it. Mm Mm-hmm. It was very difficult, yes. So go ahead and do your uh, vegetables in olive oil, and that's a perfect way to do it. You know, coconut oil or whatever you want to, you know, butter is a healthy fat, avocados, olives, nuts, all of these are healthy fats. Great. Thank you. I appreciate it so much because, like I say, I've always been so confused. Sure. I think, you know, a lot of Mm -hmm. people are. That's And that's kind of one of the reasons that I think we have more problems with diabetes because people have tried to go low fat and what they've done is they've eaten more carbohydrate more sugar yep so thanks for the call this morning thank you so you know we were talking about you know you had mentioned complications Mm -hmm. of pregnancy yeah i think maybe repeat that story because that's really amazing that that happens. Yes. So I had a client who had diabetes and and she had this before she became pregnant, but she would not eat a diet to balance her blood sugars and she would not take her insulin the way she needed to. 
And she actually ended up around, um, I think, six months of pregnancy. She lost her set of twins. Mm, sad. It was I, sad. Yeah. And, you know, it's a matter of giving up that sweet mm-hmm. tea or giving up probably the Mountain Dew or those kinds of yes. things or the cereals, you know, the cereal or all those kinds mm-hmm. of things. So, you know, a diabetic without complications, you know, their medical costs are probably, you know, 1600 to 1800 per year. Right. But if they have complications, mm-hmm. like if they have a heart attack, it goes up to maybe 30000 or if a stroke, maybe 40000 And if they have end-stage kidney disease, at least 40000 At least. And yeah. probably more. Mm-hmm. And over 70% of lower limb amputations were performed on people with diabetes. And often the surgery is cumulative, and after one toe goes, then maybe another toe has to go, and then maybe the whole foot, and then possibly everything up to the knee, and then they start on the other leg. And 70% of amputees actually die within five years because uncontrolled blood sugars make it impossible for the body to heal itself. It's really shocking, isn't it? It is. When you stop and think about that. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, You know, we were meeting with another dietitian yesterday in the office, and she talked about working at a center for a dialysis center. Mm -hmm. Yes. Not pleasant. No. I mean, very. She said, if you want to help people understand the serious side of diabetes is have them walk through, just come into a dialysis center Mm -hmm. and see what people are going through. And maybe that will be shocking enough that they will reduce some of those carbohydrates that they're taking in. So you have to ask, why are so many people in this state of sugar rot? Good question. Um, You know, are people complacent because they're in denial? You know, Mm -hmm. so what is your glucose number? You know, if you get up in the morning and it's over 126... Um, you know, this is called a fasting blood sugar number. Mm-hmm. That's your, if it's over 126, you're in some trouble already. Yes, you are. If your number is 200 or 300. You're in deep you, trouble. Yeah. Even if it's 160, you're in deep trouble. So you have to ask yourself, what do I need to do to reduce my blood sugar numbers? And really, Brenna, normal is what? What should people be shooting for? A normal blood sugar number when you wake up in the morning would be less than 100. So if it's 300, you know how much trouble you are in. Yes, yep. A question you need to ask yourself, what am I eating that makes my blood sugar go up? Well, perhaps it's a beer before bed or a bowl of cereal or a dish of low-fat ice cream. What, Brenna? You mean what? low-fat ice cream is not okay? You mean my favorite old-time bedtime snack? Well, you it's, know, and people think because it says it's low-fat low that it's it's okay. It's not. It it's is all not. sugar. It's all sugar, but just it, like... It, it only has two points. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, um, two points and a whole lot of sugar. Um, but... Toast or jelly or cookies, chips, crackers, even a glass of skim milk. Because it's not a little glass. It's a big glass of skim milk. And people don't realize that skim milk is full of sugar. It's all sugar, yes. So you have to ask yourself, Mm -hmm. did I know that cereal raises my blood sugar? Even Uh, if it doesn't have sugar on it? Yeah. Does it still make my blood sugar go up? 
It does. It does. Yes. So this probably is really new information for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And some people, oh, they know this. Right. You know, maybe you have out of control blood sugars because you really don't know. You need more nutrition education. And I believe that that's true. Um, So you were visiting a practitioner and you said your favorite protein with shrimp, and what did did you say? Yes, it was my chiropractor, and I said, well, my favorite protein is shrimp. And she goes, shrimp is a protein? So it's not only, you know, general people. It's a lot of people don't know nutrition education. And, you know, updated nutrition education because you want to control your blood sugars with food, and you don't want to risk the side effects of medication. Mm -mm. Nope. And really, I would suggest taking the avoiding the diabetes epidemic with real food. That's a place you start. That is a good place to start. It makes a huge difference. And then make monthly appointments with one of the nutritionists. Yeah. You know, we keep saying diabetes is a serious, serious disease, and it takes serious education and support to make the change. Mm-hmm. But isn't it better than having your toes cut off? Oh, it's way better. <laughs> way better. Yes. <laughs> So should we take a quick break? Yep, we'll take a quick break. Yes, so you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Starting the week of March 11th, we will offer nutrition for weight loss in St. Paul, Wyzetta, Lakeville, and Maple Grove. Look and feel better for all of those June graduations, parties, and weddings. And I just have to tell you, not only will you look better and feel better, but a current class participant of mine just informed me that by taking the class, her A1C dropped from almost 7 to 5.5, which is normal. They had to decrease her diabetes medications, and she's off of her statin for her cholesterol. And perhaps she'll be off of her diabetic medication very soon, too. That's my hope, yes. So give us a call, 651-699-3438, to sign up. Hi, I'm Cassie Wienis, a registered and licensed dietitian from Nutritional Weight and Wellness. You may know me from Dishing Up Nutrition, but today I want to talk to you as a mom of two kids with celiac disease, as well as additional food sensitivities, topics near and dear to my heart. Even with all my training as a dietitian, I was overwhelmed when my family had to go gluten-free. My boss, Dar, helped me learn the ins and outs of going gluten-free with real food, and that's when we realized other people need help and direction, too. So we created an online class called Going Gluten-Free the Healthy Way. You learn what gluten is, where it's found, and how to be gluten-free at home, at restaurants, and at social events. We teach you how to shop gluten-free and how to make healthy, delicious meals your whole family will enjoy. And it may surprise you that I don't buy many gluten-free products. If you take the class, I'll teach you how simple it is to go gluten-free eating real food. Learn more and register at weightandwellness.com. That's weightandwellness.com. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, if you have a goal to lose weight, sign up for Nutrition for Weight Loss. But if you have a goal to have more energy, sign up for Nutrition for Weight Loss. If you have a goal to get back into those summer shorts, sign up for Nutrition for Weight Loss. And probably the most important one, if you have a goal to lower your blood sugar numbers, sign up for Nutrition for Weight Loss. Our Classes start March sec or twelfth, March twelfth, and you can call six five one six nine nine three four three eight, or you can go online and sign up at weightandwellness.com. Yes. So, before break, we were talking about why some people don't make changes, and 
Maybe some people are complacent because they believe a pill is their answer. Somehow they think they can continue to eat their junk food, drink beer, raid the cookie jar, or, you know, eat a whole bunch of pancakes with sugar-free syrup on the weekend, or eat a big piece of birthday cake at every office party. Even though it may not be daily, it's still probably a weekly occurrence. And sorry to say, but medication is not your answer. Nutrition education really is the only answer. And I know we have several callers, so maybe we'll catch those and see what we can get through before the end of the show. Yes, good morning, Kathy. You've been waiting patiently. Good morning to you, Kathy. Yes, I was wondering, um, I am pre-diabetic and I also have fibromyalgia. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I have cut way back on my sugar. Good. Um, My question is, I'm looking for some fruits and vegetables I can eat. Because I notice when I eat fruits, um, it flares up my fibromyalgia. Sure, because it's higher in sugar. So I'm looking for some fruits that I can eat that are really low in sugar. Probably some of the lower ones would be things like a peach is pretty low. Mm-hmm. A what? Peach. Peach. Okay. Peaches are low. But still a half a peach. Yeah. A half a peach. Okay. Berries. Berries are low, especially strawberries are the mm-hmm. lowest. And then, so you want, you could probably have about a cup of strawberries versus like a half a cup of blueberries. Okay. Uh, things that are really high are bananas and pears. Okay. And a cantaloupe is pretty pretty low, you know, that's low. Okay. So those would be some ideas for you. And how about vegetables, like that you were talking about guacamole. Can I eat that? Oh, perfect. Yes. So eat your guacamole with bell pepper strips or cucumber slices. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you know, cucumbers are very low. Bell peppers are very low. Um, salary is very low. Things that are a little bit higher are things like sweet potatoes and carrots. Mm-hmm. But or that beets. does yeah, oh, beets. Are. Yeah. Yes. But it doesn't mean you can't have some. It just means that, you know, a half a cup or a third of a cup, something like that is better. Okay. Good question. Mm-hmm. Great question. Thank you, Thank you for calling in. Go ahead. Another question? Sure. Mm-hmm. Good morning, Sue. You're on Dishing Up Nutrition. Hi, my question also is about fruit. Um, do you have to limit how much fruit you eat during the day? And then, again, what types you kind of just discussed are best. But um, do you have to eat fruit with, with pair it with other other things? Yes, yes. definitely. You want to answer this one, Brenna? I would love to, yes. Never eat a fruit by itself. You want to make sure that you've got some fat and some protein with it. So um, today I can tell you my snack is half a pear with a hard-boiled egg and half an avocado. Perfect. It doesn't necessarily make a ton of sense, but... No, that sounds great, actually. Okay, well, good. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, think in terms of, for especially if you're pre-diabetic or diabetic, you have to think in terms of a half of fruit Mm -hmm. paired with some fat, paired with some protein, for blood sugar balance. And it's, you know, it's a way of, it's a new way of thinking about food. Very. Okay. So, yep. right. But nice question. Thank mm-hmm. you for calling in today. Thanks. So should we take another caller? I would love to. Okay. Good morning, Betty. You have a question? Good morning, uh, Betty. Hello. 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 Yes. I was wondering if um, I was having a shake every morning during the week with 
creatine powder and usually blueberries and I had bought some liquid coconut oil at Colburn's. It doesn't really say if it's unrefined, but it was so easy to put in my shakes. Well, I had my blood tested and my triglycerides were down. Everything was good except my LDL went up. And, and I read online that coconut oil could affect your LDL. Is that true? Uh, usually it brings it down. Um my other thought is, have you had your LDL particle size tested? No, and I asked my doctor about that. She said she never heard of it. Well, you have to, you just have to insist. And because they, you know, if you listen to last week's show, Dr. Sinatra talked about the particle test too. And I we know. talk about that in our weight and wellness class. Mm-hmm. Um, particle tests, they, they test what kind of LDL you have. So if your LDL went up, my guess is that it was the good part of the LDL mm-hmm. particles, the fluffy kind. So you're probably your profile, your LDL actually got better. Oh. That's what I would okay. guess. But, you know, until you see the numbers, you don't know exactly. So okay. probably go back and ask your doctor again and say, I need the particle test. Okay. I will do that. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you okay. for the call. Bye-bye. Good questions this morning. Very good questions. Yes, good listeners. Yeah. <laughs> so should should we take another caller, or do you think? Um, yeah, well, I think we, have, we time. have time. Yeah. Good morning, Vicki. You're on Dishing Up Nutrition. Yes. I Thank you very much for taking my call. Huh? I uh, just recently had uh, three stents put in my heart and also went on... Um, several medications because of that, being a blood thinner, a statin, as well as a beta blocker. One of them, and I can't recall which one it is right now, supposedly increases your, or or has a potential for, as a side effect, increasing your glucose. Yes. Mm -hmm. When you're on a drug now, as opposed to anything else, do you still recommend the same kind of a diet approach that you folks um, talk about, or? Yeah, and I think even, because I think the beta blocker, the beta blocker is the one that is probably bringing up the blood sugar as a side effect. Your blood, the beta blocker does that. And so it's probably, you have to actually be a little more careful with your eating plan to make sure that you're, you're taking into account mm-hmm. the side effects of the beta blocker. So you have to be more careful with your eating plan. You know, less carbohydrates, you know, a little more beneficial fat to balance that out. Mm-hmm. So I think we lost her. But, I think so. But anyway, yep. so I hope that answered that question. I hope so. <laughs> so are we? Uh, are we? Have we taken all of our callers? Or are we? Oh, we've got a couple more callers. All right. I don't know if we have time for one or. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah, we, we do. do. All right. <laughs> Good morning. Is this Miss Magda? Yes. Hi. Hi there. Good morning. Good morning. I find your program very interesting. I'm trying to stick to that no uh, that gluten-free diet, and I wonder if you have any good suggestions for breakfast because I kind of miss bread. Well, well I, I I mean I what I do is I always have a little bit of a sweet potato to kind of so that I don't want bread then. Sweet potato. Sweet. Is good to yeah, eat? like yes. a half a cup of sweet potato. And what about uh, that yucca they talk about? Is that good, too? 
It's a starchier um, vegetable. So, yeah, if you have a little boiled yuca, you could have that and put some butter on it or some coconut oil. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think you just, it's, as the longer you do this, the less you think about bread. Mm-hmm. And the more you enjoy your uh, vegetables. If I have fresh fruit with with fat-free yogurt, plain yogurt. If you want to have fresh fruit with full-fat plain yogurt, you could do that, too. Yes. Full-fat is better than plain fat-free? Yes. Oh, yeah. Or blood sugar balance, because what they add is more carbohydrates to fat-free. Oh, I see. Oh. Yeah. And what about fruit? Do I have to count the... Do I have to... uh, Half a cup of fruit. Like a half a grapefruit and a half a cup of blueberries? Yeah. Is that too much uh, fruit? At one sitting, it is. You Mm -hmm. should have one or the other. One or the other. Yep. Okay. Well, that sounds very interesting. I mean, I find that uh, that trying to stay away from the breads and things is a challenge. But I guess I'm th- I'm lucky that I'm not uh, diabetic. I'm just trying to keep my weight down. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, it, that usually going gluten free usually helps most people have less cravings for carbohydrates. So you're doing a okay, great job. So sweet potato is good. Yes, yes. it is. And what other type of uh, uh, starchy thing like sweet potato can is good on the diet? A little car- carrot would be great, you know. Uh-huh. But again, you're doing a half a cup or a or little, a little winter white. squash. Winter squash, those all are good. Okay, and zucchini and all things like that are good. Too. Oh yes, yes, those are great. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. Bye. So I think Brenna, you know, as we've been talking, it's really important to get. Good, correct nutrition edu- it, it, information. Mm-hmm. You know, in the past, they used to recommend 60 grams of carbs per meal for a diabetic. Yeah. Well, you, if you're running and training for a marathon, that may be right, but not if you're nope. pre-diabetic or diabetic. No. Thank you, Brenna. Thank you, Dar. We had a great time. We Thank sure you, did. Thank you, callers, for calling in. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Life, I love you. All is groovy. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.